It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to a special Papa's Perspective edition of the Giants huddle podcast presented by Bob's Discount Furniture. Get Bob's Discount at the official furniture store and mattress partner of the New York Giants. Shop in store or at mybobs.com. Well, the Giants are playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles, so part of this Papa's Perspective Huddle podcast, we like to look back at a famous game against the opponent. So we've got Jason Seahorn joining us because we've got to go back to the playoff game of the 2000 season. Jason, how are you? Oh, good. Thanks, Bob. I, I love Papa's Perspective. It's yeah, catchy. I like that. You like yeah, that? I like that. No, I didn't come Somebody up with gets, a name, but it worked. Somebody's up top gets paid for that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when, when you think back to that, that game, um, you know, the, the energy in Giants Stadium at that point in time with that grass field and the trays and the yep. fans were just so fired up. And then Ron Dixon takes the opening kickoff 97 yards for a touchdown. There was no roof, but it felt like the roof was going to blow off the building if there was one. When you talk about energy, I mean, I think that's what the, the players feed off of when they talk about home field advantage. And there's just this this odd feeling that you get when the team that the fans are like jumping on board with what you're doing because perspective on playing is sometimes they're on board and sometimes they're waiting for you to perform like the Coliseum, like entertain us. And then we will cheer. And then sometimes they're like, they buy in from the get go. And I think because of Dixon's kickoff return, that was one of those scenarios where they bought in from the get go. We felt it, even though our offense wasn't really clicking, we were still like, on cloud nine, the whole team, and we can feel that energy. And then um, I think it was midway through the second quarter. It was still just seven, nothing. Like we hadn't really done a bunch of stuff, but defensively we were playing good. Yeah. Brad Del Weso hits a field goal uh, five seconds into the second quarter. It's 10, nothing. The numbers aren't great, um, but you guys, you guys were controlling the game. It's Philadelphia at that point in time too. You know, because in recent history, the Giants have had a lot of problems with the Eagles. But at that point in time, under Jim Fossil, even when you guys didn't have great teams, you found a way to simply beat Philadelphia. Was it one of those where playing the Eagles, you guys just felt super confident in the matchup? There was a lot of confidence from uh, the defensive standpoint in understanding that offense and how we matched up with them. And I think, to your point, it was like, three or four straight years. I want to say it was like six or seven straight games that we had beaten them. So we kind of had their number with Donovan McNabb at quarterback. Um, and you go into the, you said something interesting. You're like, after the first quarter, the stats weren't really there, but we didn't feel that. Going back to the first part of the conversation, we still felt like, man, we're on top of this, even though we're not really doing much. And when you look at that whole game, I don't know what the final score was, but I think it was 17-something, right? 20, 20 like, to 10 was the final. Okay, 20 to 10. So we only scored one offensive touchdown or two field goals. Right. I mean, but, you but, know, but it's funny, right? Fans, fans, and even I, I'm thinking back to the game, and it feels like you blew them out. It, it almost feels like you guys beat them like you beat the Vikings the next week. <laughs> and we did not. Like, <laughs> no. if you were looking at the stats, like, obviously – we always, or I always go back to that play and so do other people. And it's one of those things where it's a great memory to have because people go, okay, what's your, your, your most memorable moment? It's like, well, that's easy. Um, so you can go back to that play, but the capsule of the 60 minutes was we didn't dominate that team. We had two, two great plays, a kickoff return and intercept return for 14 points. And that was essentially our offense. Um, but 
the energy in the stadium, the fact it was a playoff game at home, the fact that it was packed and people remember it over, you know, 20 plus years, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we dominated them. <laughs> uh, always gets bigger in time. All right. Oh, so absolutely. This gets let, bigger. Let's get to the play because it's late in the second quarter. You mentioned it's 10, nothing. Um, we're, we're just inside the two minute warning. They're trying to get a little drive going because they had, they had started at the 15 yard line. And then on a second and 10, um, he tries to hit small. Take me through what you saw in the play and your remembrances of the play. So I remember the defense. And it's funny, like, going back, I've gone over it so many times when people ask questions and whatnot, is um, you, you, you start to really like, dig into it. So we're playing a coverage where I've got inside, you know, coverage. So I'm, I'm protecting the slant, the post, all that kind of stuff. Because if you look at the play, it was on the far right hash mark. So throwing an out route, isn't going to be the easiest throw. And they threw an out route. And I just dove underneath. And, you know, another thing you're not ever supposed to do is go underneath because if you don't make the play underneath, the guy's gone behind you. Um, but the ball was thrown low and away. It was really kind of a good throw where you would think only smalls could get to it. And I just felt like, man, I think I might be able to get to this. And so I dove. I mean, it was literally all the things you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to cut underneath the receiver. You're not supposed to dive. Because if you don't make the play and he catches it, he's gone. Um, so looking back on it, it was risky, but I felt I could get to it. And then um, I've seen it so many times that I know what happened is as I was reaching to catch the ball, my arms hit the ground and it just kind of like knocks the ball up. And then I'm on, my, I'm on my side to my back and I look up and I'm like, well, there it is. And it just, I don't know what happened at that point in time. It's all kind of a blur, but clearly I tipped it up to get it going higher sat up, caught it, got up, and then had to avoid my own man, Emmanuel McDaniel, um, so I didn't trip over him, and then went back to the to the house, yeah. It's one. It's interesting, right, because you remember all the things leading up to the dive and then the kind of the ball, oh. and then, then the rest is just, right, That that's just instinct where, like, this just happens and you're getting up and next thing you know, you're in the end zone, right? It's not like you, so, when you think about it, you you replay it that slowly. I can replay everything to the catch. And then from there, it is a blur. Like from, from the moment I stood up, all I remember is there was somebody coming to from my right side. And I think it was Jesse and um, he was blocking somebody. And I cut back inside and then just had to beat Donovan to the end zone. Um, but that stuff, I only remember because I see the video replay or replay. The only thing I can really remember is diving for that low ball and, you know, making sure I got my hands on it. I didn't think I was going to catch it necessarily, but I was going to make sure that he didn't catch it. Well, I had so, to make sure he didn't catch it. So is that is that like one of those, um, you know, like when a, when a guy will do something on an athletic field and uh, let's just say football and a quarterback's going to throw it and the coaches on the side go, no, 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 no. And then suddenly becomes a tell, yeah. Did, did you get anything from Foxy or your position coach at some point? Maybe not when you came off the field, but like uh maybe afterwards like dude you're not supposed to dive you're not supposed oh, yeah. to undercut it the next week absolutely and that's why that sticks in my mind is because i was told afterward you know not not on sunday or saturday i don't remember what the game was but during the next week as you watch the film and i remember foxy saying all right great play that's one of those things where we're going to tell you don't do that but if you do do that it better work and here's why because <laughs> if it doesn't work Look at the film. They show that wide angle. They show the overhead. They're like, there is nobody behind him. So if he, he catches the ball, he's taking it to the house. 
And so you're like, okay, but Foxy was fantastic at that, that he had a set of rules and he's like, you do it my way. And if you do it wrong, or if you get beat, that's fine. Because I told you to do that way. If you do it your way and get beat, it's not fine. But if you do it your way and it works, it's on you. So, I mean, there was some risk to reward that he allowed you to take. And I think that's one of the reasons we all liked him so much is because he understood there's not just one way to do this. There's the right way, but there's other ways that you can kind of like tinker with something. And we all tinkered. Um, so you got this play. It was voted the greatest play in the history of Giant Stadium. Oh, that's um, cool. You know, when they closed Giant Stadium, that play, you know, oh, was voted. Yeah. You know, it was voted as the greatest because it was uh, from an athletic standpoint, everything else. Um, your teammates, Michael Strahan has always said this, the greatest athlete I ever played with was Jason Seahorn. And it's not even, it's not even a doubt hands down. Um, you were so physically gifted. How did you evolve as a player? Because you evolved as a player from being unbelievably physically gifted to becoming a student of the game as well. So I'll tell you the exact reason this happened. And it was probably the best thing for me was I was the second of two cornerbacks taken in the second round. So Thomas Randolph was first. Thomas was polished. I was not polished. So much so that Zavin moved me to strong safety. And I was like, oh, my God, what the hell? And I mean, yeah, and that, Aurelian, really the, the DB coach. Yes. Um, in training camp. And I was like, this is this sucks. Like, I am not built for this. Just so you know, I know I'm big and I know it looks good and all, but my mind is not in the box just so we're clear. So about four weeks into the season, I asked um, uh, Mike Nolan, I said, Mike, explain to me, I haven't played a single snap of defense. And I know that I'm bigger and faster than I could name all the players. But it's like, why, why am I not playing? Just tell me. He's like, okay, here's a good story for you. Uh, you're not playing because I don't know where you're going to be. So if I put Jesse Campbell out there, I know where Jesse's going to be. And I know if Jesse gets beat, I know he's going to get beat in the right place. If I put you out there, you're big and fast. I get it. But that means if you make a mistake, you make a mistake really fast in the wrong way. And I can't live with you getting beat, not knowing where you are. It just was so foreign to me. It was like, wait a minute, you're actually going to play somebody who is less athletic because they're in the right place. Okay. So it was ingrained in me at that point in time. You have to learn the game of football. When you look at the NFL right now, even in this day and age, it's not just the best athletes that play. It's the people that can play the fastest. It's the people who are the smartest. Don't make mistakes because coaches cannot live with you making mistakes on stuff that they coach you every single week on. Right. And I would make mistakes. I, you know, I, I was relying too much on the athletic ability instead of understanding, all right, that playbook says I'm supposed to do this here. And I did not do that. Okay, I can see why I'm not playing. Makes sense. Study, learn. And it still took another. I mean, my rookie year, I didn't play one single snap of defense. Well, obviously, it all worked out for worked. you. Pretty good. Worked yeah. out pretty good for you. Just quickly in wrapping up, um, you know, the, uh, in a couple of weeks on Christmas Eve, the Giants play the Vikings. And I had a chance to do a Papa's perspective with Kerry Collins because obviously 41 to nothing. Uh, but I just, I want to get your thoughts really quickly because we talked about this game and, you know, it felt like a blowout. It didn't turn out to be a blowout. Dixon's kickoff return, your amazing pick six defense perspective with that Vikings game. I mean, obviously the offense was awesome, but you know, they had Culpepper Moss 
Robert Smith and Chris Carter, and you threw a goose egg up on it. Was that was that the best two back to back weeks you ever had as a professional? Absolutely, and don't forget Jake Reed in there as well. Yeah, Jake Reed, big old receiver, without a doubt. Like. I don't think we've ever been, I've ever been a part of a team that was as dialed in as we were going into Minnesota. So the confidence that we got in beating Philly, because defensive, we, we played great uh, against Philly. Um, going into Minnesota, we felt so good about that. Like, and it worked. Everything that we put together worked. Every play, every defense, every adjustment worked. Maybe to a fault that we thought it was just going to be like that the next or two weeks later against Tampa Bay because not Tampa Bay, um, sorry, Baltimore. Um, Baltimore. Thank you in Tampa uh, because it was just like clicking. But that Minnesota game, like whatever was called for whatever standpoint, worked the whole game. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, Jason, Jason, I want to thank you for taking a little time and joining us um, with the holidays coming up. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and your family. And, and thank you so much for joining us and taking us down memory lane. And I learned something now don't dive and don't undercut in that defense or you could be screwed. So on Papa's perspective, we've learned don't dive undercut or not study your playbook. These three things will <laughs> definitely help you. Study. That's awesome. Jason, thank you so much. And thanks for joining us for this special Papa's perspective edition of the giants huddle podcast presented by Bob's discount furniture. Bob's is back at it with major style and savings on furniture, mattresses, decor, and more for your home. Shop in store or online at mybobs.com. Bob's Discount Furniture, the official furniture and mattress partner of the New York Giants.